they assemble at night, each one having prepared as diligently as possible the time given to them before the witching hour, the hour of reckoning, the time when they begin outdoor cartoon television. Stray casts, it's on the air. Close the doors. Put out the lights. You know they won't be home tonight. So sit back to the luminescence, the warm glow of your PCs, your laptops, your cell phones, your tablets, and enjoy the glorified version of a bass fishing talk show. This is Straycast Outdoor Cartoon Television. We are live right meow. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. Another Wednesday night spectacular brewed up for you tonight. Brewed up. Brewed up. I- I'm sick as a dog, but a cat ain't a cat ain't got my tongue, thank God. But uh, we got a good show. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a good show. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, coming up first, uh, FLW Tour Champion, uh, fresh off of his win, on uh, from uh, the Mississippi, the Mighty Miss Lacrosse, the old, the old Miss man, uh, Brian Schmidt coming on first. <laughs> Brian Schmidt, that's what we do. That's what we do. And then uh, his his second appearance, his sophomore appearance on the uh, Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television Bass Buzzerama, uh, our old buddy. Uh, the natural, the furious bass snatcher, the mystic man, Aaron Martin's coming on. Aaron Martin's at 7.40. Yes, sorry, Bob. Uh, this cat right here, uh, talking about fresh. Uh, he's fresh. He's exciting. He, could bake, he can break dance, too, but he doesn't do it too often. He doesn't break dance that often, but... What what's going on with it with Ryan's microphone? I can't hear myself. Can you hear myself? <laughs> oh my mic! Went there, oh, that hey. helps. Hey, welcome hey. back. Ryan Whitaker was off last week. So, uh, oh. 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 Still they're, can't hear myself. Going. Very keep keep me. Ca- All right. That's they, oh, good. there's Ryan. There's that's Ryan. Good. And, there and speaking of fresh, he break dances. We went over that. Uh, he uh, he just came in second place, just like Aaron Martin's. Uh, yes. And the uh, Wisconsin uh, Bass, what is it, Ryan, Wisconsin? The Wisconsin Bass Classic. The Wisconsin Bass Classic, fresh off his second place finish. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my cohort. This is Ryan. With it. Yes. Woo. Woo. That's how we do it. I'm internet high-fiving you. Are we all? We're right all there. Man. Uh, hey, uh, the dude uh, over here, um, some people know him as Marty Huggins these days, <laughs> but I just still know him as the artist formerly known as uh, as the Hizzle. Uh, he is now the artist known as J.P. High. The H.H.F. Hip Hop Fisherman. This is birthday. That's J.P. Hi, J.P. What up? What's going on? <laughs> How are you guys doing? I'm Not doing well. good, man. Yeah. I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, this uh, the dude over here that produces this show. He's uh, 
he's Gwendolina and Serafina's dad. Uh, he's, but he's just my plain old pal. It's, he's not a hip-hop guy. He's not a breakdancer. He's not a drummer. He's a punk rock guy. He's not a bass fishing talk show host, but he is the best damn producer in bass fishing talk show land. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ginger Ninja, Andrew Hillenberger. Yes! Yes! That's what I'm talking about. That's my Ginger. That's my boy. Wow, I got all excited there. <laughs> You've been in the house for a while, Woo! haven't you? I've been cooped up. <laughs> the fever's got me, Ma. It's the black lung. It's the black lung, Ma. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so a lot of people, are, are just one person, has been asking us for local fishing reports. Um, so I figured today that we would give a local fishing report. Um, Basscaster Ryan, why don't you ask me for the local fishing report? Hey, uh, Pat. How's the fishing been locally? Well, let me tell you, Ryan. The fishing has been phenomenal. It's always good. Just go out there and catch some fish. But the truth of the matter is that fishing changes daily. So in order to catch fish from one day to the next, you must adapt to the conditions and learn to catch fish on a day-by-day basis. So actually, local fishing reports are BS. And they really don't matter. So go out and catch them however you can on whatever day you can. Thanks. I'm Pat Renwick. And there is your local fishing report. Hey, let me add to that, Pat. Yes, go ahead. It's raining right now. It's raining and the fish are already wet. So yep. go out and catch them. Yep. There it That's is. That's all I get. Okay, another local news. Uh, Ryan, what's going on? We gotta, um, we're going to be at a big fishing derby uh, yeah, coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Munster. The, the uh, Munster Firefighters, the Volunteer Firefighters Association, is having its fishing derby. Okay. Um, and that's going to be Saturday, June 17th at Centennial Park, Munster, Indiana. Uh, it's going to start at 8 a.m. and end at 12 p.m. It is $10 per person or $20 per family. Prizes will be awarded for the largest fish of each species. Nice. All Indiana DNR fishing regulations apply. All proceeds will benefit the Munster Volunteer Firefighters Association. This tournament is sponsored by Cabela's and Stray Cats. Wow, look at that. And Ryan, yeah. 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 Woo. And Ryan Whitaker will be there uh, giving seminars, too. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just yeah, I'll be there giving you. seminars. No, it's going to be a good time for real. You'll be there um, too, right? I will be there also. Tambien, as they would yeah. say in Spanish. Okay. I will be there. Uh, JP will be there. Andy will be there. Everybody. I think Bill Dance is going to be there. That's right. So that'll... And Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. And I'll be at the Munster Firefighter Fishing Derby on uh, June 17th, 2017. Mark Sosen will also not be there. Yes. And neither will the ghost of Doug Hannon. But hey, you know who is coming up uh, next? Right here on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television is Brian Schmidt, FLW Tour Champion. Put the power poles down. Don't go anywhere. I'm all hopped up. We're coming right back. PH Custom Lures by Phil Hunt are quickly becoming the most sought-after custom balsa baits in the industry. From the Little Hunter to the Squeaky Pea. These baits are pure quality. Handcrafted, hand-carved, and hand-painted. But most importantly, they flat-out catch fish. PH Custom Lures has a bait for any situation in a magnitude of colors. Check out the old school, straighter, and PH Custom series at phcustomlures.com. That's phcustomlures.com. 
The swim jig technique is one of the most successful ways to put fish in the boat. Time in and time out, Bravani Bait swim jigs are just the right tool for the job. Beaming with quality, the Bravani swim jigs come in a myriad of colors, feature the best premium hooks and solid trailer keepers to give you, the serious bass angler, the confidence you need to accomplish your goal putting more fish in the boat. So go to BravaniBaits.com and start climbing the ladder to swim jig success. Rageous Outdoors is quickly becoming the industry leader in tournament fishing apparel. There's no better way to represent your sponsors than with a Rageous jersey. At Rageous, you can get a short sleeve, long sleeve, sweatpants, the best prices in the industry. Rageous also offers club and team discounts, special high school and college prices. Our website is easy to navigate, and Rageous's staff will make the process quick and easy for you. Rageous Outdoors, offering high-quality tournament apparel for the weekend angler. Outfit yourself from head to toe. Check out Rageous online at www.rageous.com. Oh, yes. Oh, my. Oh, my. Welcome back to Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Uh, I'm your host, Pat Renway. Coming up uh, at the 740 hour, Aaron Martins. Uh, but right now, this guy right here, fresh. Fresh is the word for the night. Because I'm feeling fresh. fresh. Ryan's fresh. JP's fresh. <laughs> Andy's fresh. And this dude is fresh off his victory on the mighty Mississippi River. Ladies and gentlemen, Give it up for Brian Schmidt. Yeah. yeah. Woo. That's you. What up, Brian? How's everybody? We're good. Welcome to the big show, dude. Thank you for having me. Give me a big internet high five. Let's get, let's get, there it is right there. You want to play rock, paper, scissors right now? No, no, no. No, no rock, paper, scissors. Okay, we'll, no. sa- we'll save that for later. We'll okay. save that for later. But hey, um. Right away, congratulations, dude. Finally, you got one. You got a biggie, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. It, uh, you know, I've wanted it for a while. I finally got it, like you said. It couldn't come at a better time. For real, for real. And, you know, but before we get into the, into the, the, the victory at lacrosse, let's, let's, um, let's get a little bit of, of Brian Schmidt history, okay? Why don't you educate uh, your fans and our viewers uh, on the history of Brian Schmidt. Let's get to know Brian. What do you say? Okay, yeah, that that's fine. Um, I've been in love with fishing since I was in diapers, you know. And, <laughs> nice. You know, my dad kind of got me into fishing, you know, at ponds and little rivers and stuff for catfish, anything that bit. And I don't know, I just slowly developed a passion, you know, for bass fishing and, uh, you know, joined a club about – 19 years old and a couple guys in the club took me under their wing you know showed me the ways and it developed into becoming a club president and then starting the state level and then the you know the local bfl level and it just blossomed into what it is now and i don't think the passion has changed one bit um even it might even be uh, stronger at this point you know i just i feel lucky to be doing what i'm doing yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and the common denominator, the common bond between everybody in this room, the people watching, you, your fans, everybody out there, the common bond is bass fishing. What a magical thing this bass fishing is. Seriously, Brian. I mean, it, brings, it doesn't matter if, if, you're, if you're short or tall or fat or skinny or old or young, a man or a woman, a midget, whatever. It, 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 it brings, can I say that? It brings us yes. all together. 
Okay. Absolutely. And and it's crazy this bond. It doesn't matter where you see it as a touring pro. Anywhere, I mean, say you're pulling in that you're you're driving that rig and you pull into a gas station, you know, and they're like, "Damn. That dude, uh, wait, is that, that a, NAS- a NASCAR? Is he driver. a NASCAR? Is he a NASCAR <laughs> driver? No, he's a professional bass fisherman." <laughs> and and it's uh, it's the common bond, man. You must have some like strange conversations on the road with people, don't you? At times, yes. Everybody wants to know what the power poles are. <laughs> that's, that's probably the number one thing, you know. But, you know, everybody's real friendly, you know. And you just, I like to speak to everybody I come in contact with and everything. I haven't had any horror stories on the road by no means. Knock on wood. JT Kenny has. He's had lots of horror stories. Okay. Yeah, ask him next time you see him. Okay. Yeah, stalkers. <laughs> Crazy stalkers. Oh, boy. Yeah. We don't want to talk about that right now, though. Well, knock on wood again. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, awesome job at uh, at lacrosse, man. I mean, um, that was your derby to win. Um, crazy, crazy conditions going into that thing. I mean, literally, you saw skyrocketing water levels and then plummeting water levels and then back up again we all know especially you as a, as a river fishing i'm going to call you an expert um what that does to these fish man it jacks them up don't especially it? especially in the spring yeah big time big time i'm i'm still kind of in shock that my spot held up as long as it did and they related to the same deeper grass that you know they did throughout all them conditions usually like you said, it, you know, if we we're on the Potomac, we had incoming and low water. They wouldn't be on the same, you know, same stretch. But they, they stayed. It was just one of those weeks, man. Yeah, I mean, and you had a pretty, a pretty cool spot. I mean, you mm-hmm. you found, a, for lack of a better term, a glory hole. Okay, I did. Yeah, that that was weird too. But that you, you found a good spot, um, and. I mean, it held up. I mean, that's the magic of it. It held up for you for the entire derby. Now, what I found interesting um, about that was the concept of fish management and how you – I could never do that, dude. I'm not, a, I'm not a tournament fisherman. I talk on a bass fishing talk show, and I go out and catch as many bass as I can whenever I can. But you, as this being your occupation – this is how you make a living. This is how you feed your family. Um, you actually had to treat that as a job, and fish management comes into play there. Um, tell us how you did that, man. That That's a very interesting subject, and that that is a big deal for this particular event. Seeing that I caught 99% of fish off of a very small area. Um well-documented, though, the Mississippi River, a lot of tournaments are won off of one spot or the majority of the fish come off of one spot. I I just, I personally have never seen somewhere put out that many fish. Um, so kind of, you know, days one and two, I didn't really take it easy on them but i once i felt like i had a decent weight i would kind of try to expand on the area just to see you know when you're catching all the same size fish that's the other big thing i never caught a big fish in a tournament or in practice i caught a lot of mid twos to three and a half was the biggest 
And when you start to get around 15, 15 and a half pounds, you're like, you know, you, you start to think, man, you're, you're getting rid of a lot of fish that you're going to need the next day. I, I, like I said, I just still cannot believe it just kept uh, pushing them out. And, uh, you know, I leaned on them pretty good. <laughs> you know, I definitely leaned on them pretty good. And, you know, the only day I think I might have took a little bit of easy on them was day two. You know, I had my best day on day two, and I really tried to expand. Also, day three, I kind of expanded on the area too, but it just it kept coming back to the same stretch. So, if you you know, if you would let it rest, it's like a whole nother group of fish would just come in there and you know get in position to feed. But if you caught a couple, two, three, four, it would just taper off to nothing. For for those of us uh, that didn't watch or anyone that didn't watch, what what was the spot? Um, describe the spot that you were fishing. Okay, so it was a really cool situation. So it was actually like a sandbar pond, a U-shaped pond that was in the middle of the river. And you had the Minnesota Channel and the Wisconsin side channel on each side. And you just had a giant flat in the middle of the river that had all these old sandbars and stump fields and shallow grass habitat that i think later on in the summer once you know things you know shake out a little bit the grass gets really thick out there and the fish use it but right now they were seeking places out of the current and with the heavy heavy rains we got and the extra current we had the fish anywhere in this area were trying to get in get into this pond i believe because it was protected from the current. It did have a little entrance to let a little bit of flow in, but uh, not a lot of current. And it, it was actually lined with some riprap, I think the state had put in, and it had plenty of grass, uh, hard bottom. You know, they could spawn in there. They had a 10-foot ditch in there as well. Uh, they had it all, and it, it just seemed like they were coming by the minute. When I found it, I actually found fish spawning in there, visually saw them spawning, caught a couple, thought I was going to be catching spawning fish and post-spawn fish. It just turned into becoming more so of a pre-spawn spot. Gotcha. Now, now with it, when you going back to that management thing, because that's still a concept that I, I don't think I'll ever grasp. But, but you, So you expanded on the area, as you said. So the whole time where you're like, man – this isn't the deal. I got to get back to that thing. But then in your mind, you're like, well, I better, I better stay backed off. Now, next question. The, so were you fearful at all when you moved off of that area that another competitor might come in on it? 100%. Yep. That's the other big fear. Yeah. So, yeah, so were you guarding it? Like you tie you, a rope across Yeah. Were you like, like Dale Earnharding it or over there or what? What were you doing? No, you know, days one and two, you, you kind of had to stay, you know, stay your ground. Like you said, you know, you ease off of it, it's free game. So days three and four, I felt comfortable nobody else was coming. You know, I could definitely expand the, on the area. It just never, you know, never came to life. It was just a small section. Nice. So you were always keeping an eye on it. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I, I would always be almost within a cast of it. <laughs> You're ready to put the hammer down and get right over there if you needed to. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three-prong approach, right? Three baits? Yeah. Three baits. Won this derby for you. 
Um, tell us about it. You know, a jig, a vibrating jig, and a stick bait. Uh, you know, during the calmer conditions, you know, day one, a little bit of day two, you could actually really slow down and pick it apart with a stick bait. Day three and day four, the wind got, you know, a lot a lot harder, and the, the water got a lot muddier, and you had a little more current, and it the, the uh, you know, the jig and the vibrating jig took over almost exclusively no more stick baiting so you know it was it was straight conditional the stick bait actually found the fish for me as well in practice too gotcha gotcha what's uh tell me a trick that i could use to catch more fish on a swim jig oh hmm it's more just just reeling it in isn't it i'm sorry i said it's more than just reeling it in isn't it there's got to be little subtleties little tricks it can be uh, one, you know, one trick I do for sure, and I think it's just become almost, uh, you know, natural habit for me. I even do it when I'm not hunting the grass, but I kind of pop it a lot. Like I throw it out and I'm reeling it in. Anytime I feel a piece of grass, or if I feel like the jig's just not swimming the same way, I pop it. I keep my rod tip down, pop, pop, and it's generated a lot of strikes for me. Sometimes I feel like there's one or two following it. And that's it. Once they see that, they're biting. Cool. So that's a trick so I triggering them. Yeah, it's like that flare, that skirt flare that we always hear about. 100%. What's the, what's the trailer you're putting on that swim jig? Uh, this week I used a, a little fuzzy beaver from Riot uh, in the Kush color. The Kush. Yeah. the Kush? And I would dye it chartreuse. Okay, gotcha. What is that trailer like? Yeah, For, I've never I'm seen not it. familiar with it. It's a beaver-style bait. Okay. okay, but it it has a lot of ribs on it, and uh, I just I don't know. I got a lot of confidence in that bait. I've used it in Florida flipping, but now he came out with the little fuzzy beaver, which is a perfect jig trailer. So what's the what's the tail like? Is it like a beaver type tail on it? Also, it, it is, but it has just a little more length and it has a little more flap. Like if you're reeling it in, it definitely has you know, good flapping action. Gotcha. And what were you using on the back of the chatterbait type bait, the vibrating jig? I was, I was using a little swim bait called a Tattletail Swim Bait, 3.75 inches. I was also dying at chartreuse as well. Gotcha. The little subtleties right there. Now, what was the, what was the chartreuse? What's the idea behind putting the chartreuse on it? I, you know, in years past, I've noticed when you get a lot of clouds and rain, I just tend to do that. I think it gets me a few more bites. Uh, it shows up better in the water. Kind of have it at this point, you know, but uh, it worked this week. So, you know, it's my little tip there. I definitely <laughs> do everything chartreuse. Oh, our producer is uh, showing us the beaver. The ginger ninja is showing us the bait right there. That is sexy. That's yes. a sexy bait right there. Yep. I love fuzzy beavers. I'm telling <laughs> you. It's all right. right, right there. Hey, um, momentum is everything, isn't it? In professional bass fishing, momentum is everything. And you're getting ready to go uh, to your neck of the woods, man. You're get, I mean, you're getting ready to go fish a big derby uh, on the Potomac. How you feeling about that, dude? You got to be feeling good. Yes. Yeah, so you, you know, in the beginning of the year, you kind of give yourself goals. or You have like an idea of what the end of the year is going to look like. And this is how I pictured it. You know, maybe not necessarily <laughs> win, but I'm well into the points for the Forestwood Cup. Yes, you are. Seven. So 
I could just go into this tournament with no pressure, just totally worried about catching the fish in that event and fishing for the win. And uh, momentum, like you said, is huge. I've had this before at the coastal level where I just feel like I'm making good decisions. Not not worried about points, only worried about winning fish. And uh, I feel good, man. I can't wait. You know, I'm back. I'm back home. I'm back to the real world. Nice. Switch gears mentally and and start diving into the Potomac. I mean, you're going to have some eyeballs on you at this event. There, Big time. There's no doubt. Now, I mean, you you're not new to winning by any means. I mean, you are not new to this. This is your first tour level win, but ten you, wins, right? Yeah, you got five Costas or, or what? Or Rayovax, whatever they were at the time, right? You got uh, four BFLs. And a Bass Open, I mean. So you're you're no stranger to the W. I mean, you you got you've done this before. I've been lucky, yes, sir. So how does it actually feel to go to the bank and deposit one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars? Like, what's that feeling? <laughs> Did you just tell it, me? It's, it's it's special, man. You almost like you're watching your back the whole way you're you know going to the bank and everything, you know. So it's a different feeling. You definitely get treated a little bit better by the teller. <laughs> you know, so you extra suckers. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a different experience for sure. You should have really messed with them and like went in with like a pig mask on or something. <laughs> and, and it, instead of making a withdrawal, you're making a deposit. <laughs> That's right. I mean, just why not? You know, in in your jersey. Mm-hmm. Nah, not happening. Not happening. Hey, real, real quick, I want to get back to that the vibrating jig. I know a lot of people talk about the rod setup for that. And uh, what 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 kind of rod are you throwing that on? Uh, I like to throw it on a seven foot medium heavy. Okay. Ooh. The rod I'm you know the rod of choice the the company I'm teamed up with Fitzgerald Rods. I was using a seven foot medium heavy Stunner HD rod from Fitzgerald. I also did it a little bit on a 7.3 medium heavy as well, uh, Stunner HD, but that's about the length and the action I like. These rods have plenty of backbone. You know, they're made by a Florida-based fisherman. They have plenty of backbone, but this rod actually has plenty of tip, too. Are you tying that to braid or fluorocarbon? Fluoro. Fluoro. That's That's the Brian Thrift, your hero's rods, too. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's using them, you know, come on. It's got to be good if Old Smoke's tossing them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, man, um, in the last, let's say, eight years, let me let me back up. There, There's a new, we, we talk about in bass fishing, controllable variables and uncontrollable variables, okay? In the last, let's say, eight to ten years, maybe a little more, There's a new uncontrollable variable in the sport, and that's called spectator out on the field, right? Right. There's spectators out there. Now, I'm going to talk about something, and I totally understand if you don't want to talk about this. But I'm going to to change some names here to uh, protect the innocent. Um, One of the the biggest chode juggler spectators ever, uh, Peter O'Donnell, uh, he, uh, he stalked you, man. This is what I remember. This guy, like, actually, he, he tried to make your life hell, didn't he? Yes. I, I mean, what, what can, can, you, can you tell the story? Because I find it so unbelievable that this happened. I did, too. 
Okay, you know, I did too. This was not, I didn't see this coming. So, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at this. I had a shot to win a tour level event and I had an individual approach me in a spot and decide to fish, but not necessarily just trying to fish more so to block me from fishing productively. Yeah. And I never had another competitor make a cast in this area all week. And, uh, you know, I believe it cost me, you know, a, a definite shot at that event. I'm not going to say it cost me, you know, the win, but it definitely knocked me back a little bit. I, you know, I don't want to go fishing against a uh, individual. I want to fish against the fish. Sure. This was the worst day of my life. Um, still can't get over. I've kind of tried to block it out. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd rather just leave it at that. You know, hopefully this situation won't happen again. Yeah, and we appreciate you talking about it. I think it's a significant piece of history in bass fishing, honestly. It, it is. It is. It's it's scary. People it's scary. need to know. You know? Yeah. People need to know that it's not cool. And, and we don't, we don't <laughs> hear most about do, it. But. We don't hear about it a lot, but this was the most blatant attempt I have ever seen for a, a spectator or – or, or somebody, you know, with with a big truck, small feet uh, complex to try and, you know, ba- basically sabotage an event. Um, yeah. Totally not cool um, that we should have public bass fishing uh, chastising for that, uh, things like that, in my opinion. In my opinion, dude. Um, anyway, had to bring it up. Uh, I appreciate you talking about it. Sincerely, no sincerely. Um, we're doing this Facebook Live thing right now, uh, Brian, and uh, we got some questions uh, from your fans out there. And JP, hi, uh, what's going on? We got some questions for Brian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, are you a guide on the Chesapeake Bay? Is that yeah? Is that true? I'm full time striper. Uh, you know, saltwater guide. We have a couple charter boats uh, going with all private groups. April through December, it's going on right now. I actually took today off just to get back mentally and physically, <laughs> but you know that's that's what I do every day. I'm very blessed to do that as well, and I think it carries over into fishing because every day we got to figure out the fish, you know, and the conditions change. So, it, you know, not only am I doing that as a form of uh, income, but it's also you know, it's like training for bass fishing <laughs> a little bit. All right, we got Joe Birchill's watching. He wants to know how the Chesapeake fishes in June. He's got a big derby coming up. Ooh. That single best month. That's the best time, June? Single best month, yep. The same same viewer wants to know, are you fishing the Costa on Champlain right after the Potomac? I haven't made my mind up. I need to talk to my wife about that tonight (laughs) or tomorrow. I think he's trying to decide if he's fishing it. Yeah, if you're (laughs) fishing it, he ain't fishing it. (laughs) <laughs> all right that's that's all we got right now all right. hey uh brian there, there's multiple ways to measure success in in professional bass fishing okay and and of course the number one way to measure success is by winning right um what's another way to measure success as a professional bass angler consistency you know uh angler year standings i feel that's that's huge i uh this is going to probably be my best year as far as uh, at a tour level for points and i've i've had success at every other level 
but this would be the best I've ever had. I want to consistently do that. I just don't want to be good on grass fisheries or river fisheries. I need to learn how to catch them everywhere. And that's a real angler that can do that everywhere. A guy that can win on any, any different kind of water is also a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you're sitting in seventh right now. Yeah. Not too shabby, dude. Not too shabby. And again, consistency is everything. You don't want to get like the, the Byron Velvic syndrome where you can only win on swim baits. You know what right. I'm saying? That's it. <laughs> Sorry, Byron. Uh, hey, new FLW rule. Okay? New FLW rule. And it's called, we play this game with you guys. It's called three rods on deck, one in hand. So you're only around four rods for a derby. Okay? Pick those rods and tell us what you got tied on. Shallow water fishery. Three rods on oh. deck, one in hand. Wow. That's 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 simple. Oh, good. Shallow water. Yes, does sir. That have, does it have grass? I'm the, you you tell me. This, you're, yes. You're, yeah, sure. It's got grass. It's got grass, wood, rocks, everything. It's a big montage. I drill out milfoil, duckweed. It, yeah, it's a montage of bass and goodness. Okay, I'm going to have a 7-foot medium heavy with a jig, Okay, a flipping jig, and that would be in my hand. Gotcha. I would have a rod on my deck, a swim jig, on a 7-foot medium heavy. Okay. I would have a vibrating jig on my my deck, 7-foot medium heavy, and then I would have a 7-foot 6 medium heavy rod with a frog on. With a frog. Right there, covering it. it Three was, jigs and a frog. It was almost like the Rick Clun principle there. Remember how Clun at one time he would he would just have like all he would throw would be seven foot heavy action rods. Are, yes. About that frog, is it a white frog or a black oh, frog? Jesus black. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's the right answer. That's the correct answer. Yeah. Hey, before you yeah. go, um, we're gonna play a, a little game with you. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to play a game? The, yep. This is called the Bassin Match Game. We play game shows on here. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a phrase at you, and you relate it to bass fishing. Okay? Are you ready? Let's I'm play ready. A little Bassin Match Game. Ah, yes. Welcome to the Bassin Match Game. I'm your host, Pat Redwick. Today, Brian Schmidt, fresh off his FLW Tour victory, playing a little Bassin Match Game. Brian, the first word... Weed waiter. Weed waiter. Hmm. A frog. A frog is a weed waiter. We'll give you that. A black frog. Black frog. Red frog. Milk run. Milk run. Uh, a sequence of spots that you're catching big fish on. Okay, that's the milk run. The manna. The milk and honey. Fat girl at the buffet. Fat girl at the buffet. <laughs> okay, that's a big fish eating. Big fish eating. I'm with possibly, you there. Possibly blowing up on bait fish. <laughs> Boom, I'm speaking your language. There it is right there. The Joker. The Joker. Okay, the Joker could be a very tricky fish that blew up on your top water a couple times and missed it. What are you throwing after it? Uh, buzz bait. Buzz bait. All right. Unconventional method. Unconventional method. That would be if somebody was on Lake Okeechobee 
and they decide to go in the middle of the lake and find a rock pile and throw a drop shot. We, we, we call that David Fritz in them right there. <laughs> it's called David Fritz in them. Petite bassin. Petite bassing. Hmm. Hmm. Petite bassing. Um, Lake Travis this year where you would catch 30 non-keepers in a row. <laughs> That's petite bassin right there. Or a professional bass angler that plays three decks, three rods on deck, one in hand, and picks all spinning rods. You know what I'm saying? That's, uh, <laughs> they I'm don't waiting. exist. They don't exist. Brian, thank you so much, dude. Uh, any final words for uh, for your fans or your sponsors out there? No, everybody, I appreciate all the support. Keep following me on Brian Smith Fishing. Um, looking forward to the Potomac. Momentum's key. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, hopefully, we'll be on another time. Yeah, absolutely. We really enjoyed having you. I learned a lot about you, dude. It's it's great to have you on. Definitely. And th- definitely. Thank, thank you, you for your support, man. Thank you. All right. Hey, Thanks, that's Brian. Brian Schmidt. He's going to win at the Potomac, I hear. That's right. Hey, keep it locked. Put the power poles down uh, when we get back. Uh, Aaron Martins coming on here. Boom. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace.